Well, welcome to the Career Pro Inc. podcast about career disruption and change. Change can be good. We're with Bill Priestley today. Bill, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to kick it off because I've got some big questions for you in your eclectic journey and career. Tell us a little bit more about you. Well, I don't know if about eclectic, that's a word that's too big for me, but um, as far as my journeys goes, uh, back when I was in college years and years ago, I made the decision that I wanted to become an NCAA Division I sportscaster. That was going to be my dream job, and it took me 18 years to get to that position, which I eventually got uh, at uh, Campbell University, just down the road from where you are, and uh, spent five unbelievable years there. And uh, in the process of, of going to do that, one of the things that I really wanted to do kind of on the side and what has become a full-time gig is I wanted to be able to help young people figure out what they wanted to do and help them move in a direction towards a dream job and help them use their education to, to get there. Uh, so um, just last uh, summer, uh, my wife and I relocated to uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and that's what I'm doing basically full-time now is an operation we call the Dream Job Factory, where we try and uh, coach young people and uh, teach through an online course um, the, uh, the skills necessary to try and identify and achieve a dream job. Well, that is exciting, and you know I've been fired up about it ever since we first talked. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about our relationship and how it's progressed. You, you know, hired us to help you with some career change issues, outplacement issues, if you will. And, you know, I just saw that spark in you that was really taking off. And of course, I, I've admired your career. I'm a sports interested guy anyway, but how we helped you and, and some of the decisions that you, you had to make along the way, I give you all credit for what you've done. And, and we, we love supporting people who are into a cause like that, really getting young people interested in careers, not depressed about, gosh, do I have to spend the rest of my life, you know, X and X, looking at the optimistic signs based on their strengths. But tell us a little bit about your journey with us, and then let's get back into the story of the Dream Job Factory. Um, so I think our first contact was I was a graduate assistant at Campbell University back in the early 2000 teens, and uh, at that point, uh, I was getting my master's degree in education, specifically basically geared around this idea that was going to become the Dream Job Factory. And um, as a result of, of graduating from, from graduate school, I had to leave my, my job uh, at, at Campbell. And so I was looking for uh, a place to go with it. Um, my wife and I at least were looking at possibly going back into teaching. I was a high school teacher before that, um, possibly maybe going into the corporate sector, not exactly sure. Um, but still looking for, at that time, working for two years at Campbell as a, as a GA for broadcasting, that had kind of filled my cup. I thought, okay, I've done the Division One sports casting thing. Not necessarily full-time, but I can take that and I can run with it. So I was looking to possibly go in a different direction. And then what you really helped me with is, is the resume, um, getting the resume ready for, for what could be a career change for me. And um, so we completely redid the resume. And uh, started working on networking and started working on career branding, uh, personal branding for a little bit. And then um, what eventually happened was that Campbell University changed that GA position um, from a GA position to a full-time gig. And I applied for it with my new resume. And uh, they had changed the job description uh, considerably. Um, but I was able to, to attain that. And then that was how I, I uh, 
I got that, uh, that deal. And then um, possibly looking into changing careers again, uh, just for, for money's sake after relocating here to Chattanooga, um, we again started talking about, about uh, doing some resume uh, rebranding, personal branding, um, and also uh, kind of highlighting what I'm doing with Dream Job Factory just to, to accentuate those strengths. Well, that's pretty awesome. And I think that uh, it's been a pleasure working with you and you've spoken to our group here, to executives and, and people who are, who are in career change and shift. What would your message be to first to young people? What's the message of Dream Job Factory? And then to people, as you see, who are struggling with you know, what they ought to do, maybe changing or shifting careers later in life. And essentially, that's what you've done. What would you say to those two groups? Well, the the statistic that is getting harder and harder for academics, I think, and especially maybe um, people of, of, of pretty wealthy means to, to try and get their head around is that the statistic of or this percentage of young people that are not working in a field related to their college major, in other words, after after uh, graduation, uh, I think when I was in school it was somewhere around 50%. And now it's somewhere around 70, 75%. A few years ago, I saw that the Wall Street Journal quoted something like 81%. And so what I was seeing was a lot of people, a lot of young, young people that weren't exactly taking their education and then using it. I mean, if you're going to spend $150,000, $250,000, whatever it is, on a college education, and then what you're working on after that has nothing to do with your major, I, hes- you know, I cringe at thinking about how much of that money is not necessarily going towards work that you could have used utilizing that degree or, or whatever that certificate was that, that you got through the, your college experience. So here in Tennessee, there's a, uh, we have a unique land formation uh, in, in uh, the Cumberland Plateau, which is an interesting kind of uh, way to think about young people in moving towards their career. For instance, if you're standing on top of the Cumberland Plateau, um, there's about an 800-foot drop between the top and say the flatlands of middle Tennessee. This is the border between central Tennessee and Eastern Tennessee. And it's easy to look out there and view that as your future. Like you're on top, you get to see kind of where you want to go, or there's this nebulous idea of the future. It's out there. You got to go get it. But if you don't do anything about that, once graduation day comes, you're basically pushed off that top cliff and you have to head in some direction. And with that, you get dropped into what is a pretty dense forest, which means your view at that point is just a lot of trees. And now what do I do? And I'm looking for a short-term fix for a long-term problem. Um, I'm trying to figure out, you know, where am I living? What am I doing? I'm in slightly in panic mode. And as a result, I think that's what a lot of young people do after graduation is that they look for a short-term fix and then all of a sudden the fix becomes permanent and they're working in an area that they didn't necessarily want to be in that as they were on top of the mountain. So my, pl- my idea for young people is let's start thinking about that before that point. And prepare for an idea of, of kind of launching ourselves, not necessarily, you know, towards something incredibly specific, but at least in a solid direction that they want to go in, in terms of identifying a dream career or a dream industry that they want to work in, getting in that door and not just letting things fall by the wayside and hopefully and hope that things work out for the best. So Absolutely. that's the message I would have for young people. Absolutely excellent, and certainly I would want to know, I'm going to ask you, uh, what's the, your website now? 
Uh, it's the dreamjobfactory.com. Great. And what's the message for someone older making changes in their career? Their maybe mid-career, later career. Is there hope for them as there was for you? Absolutely. I, I think one of the things that we teach in the, in the online course is the fact that you can do this at any point in life. And it doesn't matter if you're in high school or college and you're going into the workforce after graduation or if you're in mid-career and you've been laid off or you're looking to make a career change or if you're retired and you got to figure out what in the world am I going to do with all this free time. Um, so the, the, the theory is basically this. And I'll try to make this as, as, as succinct as possible. Um, when we have identified careers, we've basically done it with two words. Say, for instance, um, if you want to be a math teacher, the person who's a math teacher has an interest in math and an ability to teach it. Uh, a football coach is a person with an interest in football and an ability to coach it. So what we're doing is we're combining basically an interest and an ability to form a job, um, taking to a slightly greater extent, an oncologist would be a person with an interest in cancer and an ability to fix, treat, diagnose, so on and so forth. Research. Right. So you're looking, so you're looking at, at that kind of combination. When we last say, for instance, if I asked you a question, what do you want to be when you grow up or what do you want to do in the next season of your life? You think you're looking for a simple answer and you're not. You're looking for a complex answer, one that has an interest in it and then an ability in it. And then also, who is it that you want to work for? So going back to the original idea of a math teacher, are we talking about elementary, middle school, high school, college, remedial, military, uh, big city, small town, urban, rural? What, what are we talking about? Who is it that you want to work for? So by that way, you get not just one kind of specific job but you get an identification of, of a career that stimulates you intellectually, that allows you to do work that you want to do, that you're good at, and then allows you to serve people that you want to work with, which fulfills you emotionally or spiritually. And you can do that at any particular point in life. So it doesn't matter necessarily if you're, just, you know, if you're a young person looking to make that first career move or if you're retiring and you're trying to figure out what to do at that particular point. When you hit something that has those three elements in it that really can be a very powerful cocktail that's really hard to turn down once you identify those things. That's great. And as schools, you know, young people coming out of high school and, and who are in college, maybe their second year, you're not saying, hey, go take an assessment test always and look at the jobs that are that are lined up. You're saying take an interest in an ability and match them, even if it doesn't seem like it's a career path to uh, studying law or being an engineering, something like that. You don't, it doesn't matter as much. It's more about the person's heart and their interest and their inclinations than it is about a set staunch career path that one might know because they talk to a counselor, you know, at school or something like that. Yeah. You want to, you want to make this more like, let's figure out what the end goal is. And again, the end goal doesn't necessarily have to be a very specific career, but let's figure out what that end goal looks like and then reverse engineer it back to where you are right now for a young person anyway, so that they can say, oh, I need to go to college because this is a good idea, or I need to major in math, or I need to go to a trade school, or I need to go to the military, whatever it is that is necessary for that particular career. Let's start with that as the answer and then work towards that. Um, and like you said, using assessments, I've done against using assessments. I think they're great to use as a starting point, 
But I would never say, uh, you know, if you took a, a, an assessment and it lines you up 15 jobs that it thinks you would be good at, don't think that those are the 15 jobs that are going to label you for the rest of your life. Um, right. To say that, and that's one thing that's like I said, you can do our method um, at any point in life, which means for the young person, don't just do it once. You know, if you do it your freshman year, your sophomore year, your junior year, your senior year, you can go back and look at all four of those exercises and see, okay, what stuck? Because chances are what stuck then is going to stick in the future. Mm. So that's really a message of hope. So with people that they say many people on it, there's many statistics on this and around this that are currently unhappy with their current career path or job is extremely high. It's usually 60 plus percent. I haven't read the most recent, but that's what I see. Just a lot, just a long history. Why would people be so miserable? You're making good money. Why would you be unhappy or you're not making good money? Why is this a message of hope to, to people and, and almost a, a directive that they should get this together? Well, you know, if you, if you look at history, Socrates is famous for saying that the unexamined life is not worth living. And I think that if you take that to heart uh, today, that if, you're, if you examine your life as to where it is, where you are right now, where you want to be, maybe mistakes that you've made in the past, how you can correct those in the future, um, you know, that that I think can point you in a direction as to, you know, like you and I have talked about, you examine work-life balance, examine what it is that you want to do. um, And you can make that change at any particular point. I think a lot of people, I mean, there are certainly situations which prohibit or, or, um, or create obstacles for people to make drastic career changes or even basic career changes. But at the same time, this is your life that you're talking about. Yes, maybe perhaps you have kids and you do need to, to, to uh, provide for them. Yes, you may have other financial responsibilities. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that you can't start a side hustle. You know, something on the side, for instance, that's, that you can do that may eventually evolve into something full time. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're talking about a strict end to a career and then moving on to something else. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you that it, it at any point in life, it can give you hope that you can do something fulfilling that's emotionally, that's um, intellectually stimulating and enabling physically that you, can, that you can take some pride in and that you can know that you're working um, in, in a sense kind of along the lines of what we believe about purpose that we get, that we have a purpose and that we're using it because we feel good about the work that we're doing. That's great. Do you feel like that is anyone's – everyone's open to this. There's no closed doors to anyone for this kind of mindset at at, almost at any age, but certainly young people coming out of high school or college, clarifying these things is okay. Even if they thought, well, I I really was hoping that I would go down and be in civil engineering and maybe you have to take a detour. Maybe you didn't test out or maybe uh, you have some kind of disability that doesn't allow you to do what you thought you were going to do. You don't have to stay devastated, do you? Uh, is this a good path to move um, to get clarity for your life and career, even if the thing that you thought you were going for gets interrupted? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree that, you know, if, if you're, in, to, to use your analogy, if you were, you know, going into civil engineering and you find out that, you know, this is not the the, the, the thing that you want to do or the thing that is, is, it's just not going to work out for one reason or another. You know, that's, 
we as humans are incredibly difficult to self-diagnose, especially when it comes to our own abilities. Uh, we are very, very, very bad at it. For instance, um, I bet that any one of our listeners here could name someone, in fact, could name more than one person who has told them they are, that they are good at something, but in fact, they aren't. Uh, and they can also do the same thing with saying, oh, well, if someone says that they're not good at something, but in fact, other people would say, yes, they're an expert at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we're not, we're not very good at, at figuring out those kinds of things. I mean, ask, for instance, I, I've, uh, whenever I speak at, at high schools or for high schoolers, I'll ask them, uh, please raise your hand if you know someone here who says they can dance but can't. <laughs> and virtually every hand will go up. Uh, so, you know, we, we don't, we're not very good at that. And so, say, for instance, at least in that own kind of introspectual world where we're trying to analyze who we are or who we want to be, and we kind of look at ourselves and say, oh, I'm a civil engineer. That's, that's what I should be doing. And then as soon as you step off the, the stage of graduation and you're headed towards a career in civil engineering and you go day one, day two, day, two, day three, and you realize this is not what I was set up for or what I believe I was, then yes, let's go back and look at who you are and try and get a better idea of that. Uh, and, and, and trying to make a career decision as opposed to believing a, I hesitate to use the word myth, but uh, believing uh, something about ourselves that for the most part, we don't know is untrue. Mm. Very good. I think that's that. I'm looking forward to the next time we speak. This has been a very hopeful message. Uh, Bill, before we sign off here uh, on today's podcast, tell us, uh, how we get in touch with you. If you have questions, of course, we're both linked on LinkedIn and, and uh, I admire the work that you're doing. I look forward to some more collaborations that we will do in the future, including some training we're talking about doing and working on, but tell us how to get in touch with you and how to connect with the dream job factory and Bill Priestley. Sure. You can, uh, obviously, as you mentioned, you can connect with me through LinkedIn, but also uh, you can go to the dreamjobfactory.com. You can go through the contact page uh, through there as well. And then also you can check out uh, some of the, the, the product, the online course that we've got up uh, at this moment. And then also we've got uh, services that can also be used from coaching to speaking there as well. So you can check out those links too. Bill Priestley, thank you. Thank you.